Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. The Mariners have the bats going and Philly has closed out Atlanta. OutKick 360. In game one. It's, it's yeah, yeah. In game, game one. one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for today. Feels well, like, that's feels to be like clear. it's not, not over yet. Well, well five like minutes ago, it was a different story, and uh, it quickly ended. Yeah. Debbie um, Withrow's plan didn't come to fruition. That's right. Six of Peabody, our location, just like that. The final hour is here, and we're it. excited about uh, our next guest. JP here in Sibia. The, uh, the season is complete for the Marlins, and the season is complete for all of the uh, great broadcasts that he helped with uh, through Bally Sports and the uh, Marlins TV network. JP back in studio with us here at Sixth and Peabody. Good to see you, man. Hope things are well. All is well. All is well. I got my orange on today because, you know, the boys in, in yeah. Knoxville are doing their thing, so I got to represent. It's a good time to be a vol right now with uh, the football team, baseball success, Tony Vitello, your, your buddy, That's basketball team rolling. I think things are good in, in Knoxville right now, but you will not be at the game this Saturday, right? No, I'll be bachelor partying it up. I'll nice. have uh, a few transfusions down, uh, <laughs> and I'm hopefully hopefully that uh, I'm being able to hit that ball on the fairway off the deck. So, so far, it looks like the momentum of the teams that played in the wild card series is trumping the rest uh, of the teams that – got to sit back and get things in order so to speak that scares me about my yankees tonight it didn't work in the favor of of the braves in game one here mariners are coming out hot um you you don't think it's a good thing to have that time off no i don't like it in in baseball especially playoffs is who who's hot and these guys and i saw freddie freeman he had a, a comment that said they've been hot but we've been hot for seven months and it's true but you need to have that momentum going. And, I mean, we're seeing it today. And, and it's uncharted territory. That's the one thing that I love about the way the playoffs. One, first off, I love that it's three-game series. I love that it's not one game anymore. I yeah. think that it's much better for baseball. But also, again, you look at the way the games are going. Seattle comes out of the gate, and Justin Verlander is the Cy Young Award winner for the American League. I, I mean, I think it's pretty much an obvious, unanimous decision for him. And he's getting knocked around the yard. And... This is a Seattle offense that's coming off Toronto, going over there. Cal Raleigh hitting the home run to send in the playoffs. Obviously, Phillies, they both had droughts. They win today. So we'll see how it goes the rest of the day, but I do, I do not think that it favors the teams that have to sit back. Bad, uh, Good pitchers gone bad. Mets did not get production out of their guys. Um, Verlander, you mentioned Garrett Cole. I am scared to death of this guy. Gives he's given up the most home runs in the American League this season. Do you have any call? Give me some sense of hope that Garrett Cole can be a playoff ace. Well, here's the thing. I, I I've told people I do think the Yankees, if they get going, this is a team that can can win the World Series. And and when you look at it, you obviously everybody knows Aaron Judge, right? Aaron Judge is a guy that's gonna going to be, uh, everyone's going to say, don't let this guy beat you. 
But that's where if, if Stanton get going and Rizzo get going and these guys get going around them, they can carry a team themselves. And then you're going to have to pitch the Aaron Judge. So that's the one thing that I like is their offense. If they get going, I mean, we saw what they were at the beginning of the season. Garrett Cole, I do think he has a mentality of the big game. Uh, I do think that they can go and win. I, I Clay Holmes has been big out of that bullpen. I love what they did with Chapman. You're not gonna if you're gonna do all this. We don't need you in the in the clubhouse. Except and, his, I don't. I hate him. But Afros is now on his way yeah. for Tommy John surgery, so their bullpen is shaky. Well, and that's and that's what you look at Seattle. The one thing that Seattle separates is that bullpen. And you look at the Phillies, and they almost lost that game. It's because of the bullpen, right? And talking to Alex Antopoulos at the end of the season, they ended with the with the Marlins, and he's like, "Man, I just I don't feel comfortable unless I'm seven deep in the bullpen in the playoffs." That's really what the big difference is. So you have to have that bullpen, especially if your starter doesn't have his stuff, you can pull him early, bring him back early another game, but you have to have that bullpen that can help you win that, that baseball game. Before we go all in on teams still playing, let's have a funeral for Timmy Trumpet and the Mets and uh, what they just had happen to them to close out the season. JP, you, you work in, in the division in the NL East with the Marlins broadcast, so you know this Mets team well. You know the fan base well. It's tough to put into words – how disappointing and soul-crushing of a finish to a season that is for a Mets team that I, I really thought, not past midway through the season, when they took four out of five from Atlanta up in New York at City Field, I thought, this is a team that should win the World Series. And to lose the division, getting swept by the Braves in Atlanta, to lose in their first series in the Wild Card Series – just how bad was all of this for the Mets? Well, here's the thing. And the truth of the matter is they actually didn't play – bad down the stretch. Unfortunately for them, the Braves were the best team down the stretch, like in baseball. The, the Braves separated themselves. And I had said this for a while, even in our broadcast, was think about this. The Mets are, you, they're known for kind of falling apart. The Braves, they didn't care. They just, they were hunting. They were the hunters. And then the Mets were sitting there and they kept on, the Braves kept on playing well. And, and, and it was kind of like back and forth. And then the Braves just continued to play better, and I thought that the, the Mets were the ones that carried all the pressure. Both teams were in, in the playoffs, so that didn't matter. It was like, are they going to lose the division? That was like became the big question, which I thought put all the pressure in New York, and I think the Braves, I've been around their staff. I love their staff. Uh, Snickers, the man. Uh, Walt Weiss is the man. Sal Fasano's the man. Uh, the, everybody around that, that coaching staff is phenomenal. They have a great, great like culture then you have, obviously, Michael Harris II, which, are you kidding me? The guy is unbelievable. And then you have Strider, who's just signed a deal. I just thought there was too much magic going on in that clubhouse that they were just going to go and do the thing. Now, when it came to the, the actual wild card, man, it's crazy to think that San Diego went in there and, and beat them. Uh, and I thought, you Darvish hasn't been great in the playoffs, but he was on fire to end the season. He did well. And then you see, I mean, Musgrove was unbelievable. And again, this was a, a Padre team that put it together. And when I, I thought when Max Scherzer got beat, it's like, ugh. Because the Braves, when they went into Atlanta, listen, they everybody was getting jockeying their, their rotation for that weekend between Atlanta and, and New York. And when you went in and you had DeGrom, Scherzer, and Bassett, and you're like, oof. This is going to be tough for the Braves, and they sweep them. It was like uh, not good. They're in trouble. Well, and uh, by the way, Paul's always asking this question about the Braves. How do they lock up this core 
of eight guys <laughs> to all of these club favorable contracts, one after the other. You know Alex Anthopoulos well. We've talked about this. And I always tell Paul, I said, hey, don't, don't blame my team for being better at business than everyone else, but what is the secret in Atlanta with how they're doing this? Well, here, here's the thing, and, and this is talking to Alex Antopoulos. When they were playing in Miami, we, we spoke for 45 minutes. One thing I messed with him, I was like, you have the best deal ever in Albies. And his was like, he said, well, actually, at that point, Whit Merrifield had signed like an a extension for $7 million. Uh, the Mustakas had signed a, a one-year 10. And then Edward es- Edward Eduardo Escobar had signed a, a three-year 21. So he's actually, when I, his comps were those guys, so we actually gave him a fair deal, and then he blew up, and then that's where the deal went, went south. Obviously, Acuna's a cheap deal. You, you saw what he did with Freddie Freeman, getting a younger guy, a local kid who had a great year. And then the one thing that he has told them, which I think he's done a good job of, is I can make this team good for a long time, or I can have complimentary players that are not going to be as good if you don't sign these contracts. And you look at a Michael Harris II, which he told me is like, he got his contract. He took our closer deep with a 99-mile-an-hour fastball in Miami, opposite field, and he said, after he hit that home run, I knew I had to sign him. And then you see what he did with Strider. So you look across that, that, that entire team, and you're like, this guy's unbelievable. He's, he's always been known the Players Association – is not a fan of him because of the ten, the team friendly deals. He drives down the market, but for the Atlanta Braves, man, I'll tell you this: Mike Trout even said it. By far the best place uh, atmosphere in baseball right now. I mean, they're selling out, printing money in in Atlanta. What's the second best if Atlanta's number one? Uh, man, St. Louis has a has a good vibe to it. Um, I mean, this year. Gosh, I imagine Seattle had to be nuts. Yeah, I, yeah, that's been fun to watch. Yeah, Seattle had, I mean, Seattle had to be nuts. Um, New York is just too corporate. Um, How's San Diego? Uh, San Diego's all right. It's pretty good. Uh, it, it's a great atmosphere, but it's not... Listen, when you go to Atlanta, they turn off the lights. They start to chop. Everybody has their cell it's phones really on. Cool. You're coming out of the bullpen. I mean, it's like if I was a bullpen guy, I was I, I'd be like, this stinks. Like, I don't want to come in into this situation right now. And that's what they do. They've created a, I mean, that place is going bonkers every single night, and it is like unbelievable to be. And then you walk around the battery. I, before games, I used to walk around the battery just because I was like, man, if I, if I ever like got into the game or didn't get have my job, and I, I'd say I told Alex I'd work for you, and I'd live in one of those condos right in the battery and just walk. I mean, it's unbelievable what they've created in Atlanta. JP and Sibby, our guest on Outkick 360. Non-playoff question. What's what's the future hold for Don Manning? Is is he a commodity to, to some other teams? No, I think he, I think that he's going to take some time. I do know that they, I think they're working on a documentary on hitting um, with the network, so that's something that he's working on. I, he'll be around the game if he wants, uh, at whatever capacity he wants. Uh, I think that, you know, he, he had a, a... The guy is A+, and that's the the craziest thing is he's such a good human being. Um, but I do think that they needed a, a different voice in there. I think he's he's so nice, and he protects his guys so much. Unfortunately, I think you have to have a little bit of a guy on a young team that's kind of going to flip a table and say, hey, this can't happen. There was a lot of things that kind of didn't go the way that they needed to go. But listen, the way he is as a human being, he'll he'll if he, even if they want to make him a special assistant with the Yankees, whatever he wants, I mean, he's Donnie Baseball. The dude is just a legend. 
Did you find Joe Musgrove's ears to look weird <laughs> yeah, during you, that game? Because uh, I, I thought they looked a little strange, <laughs> but it was funny following baseball people like, like yourself, and I don't, I don't know if you were tweeting about it or not, but it's almost like they flip-flop as the game was going on back and forth to something may be up to, oh, why are they doing that now and checking him? What did you think about the whole deal? Well, I, I mean, it is – listen, Buck was trying to, to do anything to kind of create a little bit of, of pandemonium and throw – you know, maybe even make Musgrove emotional, try to get him off his game, which obviously didn't work. I mean, I, first off, in any any, I don't know how people work out, but when you work out hard or you're doing something that's high intensity, and your face gets flush, your ears get flush. It's cold out there, so your ears are going to be f- cold, and your ears get red. Now they checked his ears; he didn't have anything. They rubbed him down. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. I it mean, was a full. Was it was a full pat. Down. I mean, it was it was TSA pre-check when it first happened. Like, I mean, they they were about it was Naked Gun thirty three, and, and you're sitting there and you're like, okay, but when you look at the velocities, right? Okay, spin rates up, all stuff. Adrenaline does things that we can't do on a normal basis, and his velocity was up. So if his velocity's up, and he's spinning the baseball, that's going to be better because he's throwing that harder, so it's going to spin more. So at the end of the day, the dude obviously got checked. He didn't have anything on him, and it's. I think, and I heard something somebody say this, which I thought was a kind of a good point, was if you get thrown out for having something on you, rightfully so, well, if I'm going to go out there and check you, there should be some kind of repercussion um, towards Buck. Like, all right, well, then yeah. you're gonna, then we're going to throw you out because you were incorrect. Whatever it may be, I think that there has to be a little bit of, of a repercussion. I didn't like the way, even with St. Louis, when, when Helsley was – all over the place. The first inning, he was nails. And then the second inning, he came back and he was struggling. And they took a visit, a medical visit, and they let time pass, which it was bases loaded in that situation. It allowed him to kind of calm down. And they even gave him a warm-up pitch. And I think right there, they saw that he didn't have it. And they said, okay, no, it's an injury. So they were able to, to use that. I think I, I thought that that was kind of handled, handled a little bit um, unprofessionally. But smart because they used whatever they can do to try to get Helsley to slow down. JP, I'm curious about this. So, like the steroid era, people would say, "Oh, the 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 roids are ahead of the technology to test for them." Right? They're, that's always one step ahead. Are guys still getting away with having stuff in their hat, on their ear, on the mound, uh, more so than? I mean, I know they're checked very often. You know, every time they come off the mound or whatever, but. Are guys still finding ways to get away with it? Yeah, I know that there there was a big thing, uh, a memo that was sent out to teams like, hey, spin rates are going up. We're going to start checking hard again. Um, at the end of the day, you think about it, they're always going to try to find the way, right? They might not have it on their their hat. They might not have it on their belt because obviously they get out checked. But you know, you can have things on your finger. Could guys have stuff on their finger? They they possibly can. Like when you come, I know they check your finger, but what does checking my finger do when I grab rosin and sweat? And if I were to put rosin and sweat and show you my hand or give you my hand, you literally would be like, man, your hand's really sticky. All right, so then how, do you, how can I tell by wiping your finger like to go, ooh, that's a little bit more sticky than what I'm used to. Like how do you, how do you, you know, create that, that issue? You, you can't. So I think that's why I'm sure guys use things on their fingers. I would have my catcher. Bring something. That's interesting. I, I used to have Hutton's it on my shin guard. Well, I used to have it on my shin guard. I used to have it on... Obviously, I played a different time, but I used to have it on my shin guard. I had black shin guards, pine tar on my shin guard. I used to grab 
you know, but everybody, all the infielders have it on their gloves. They have it yes. because at the end of the day, Major League Baseballs are very slick. And so I used to have it, not really to doctor it up for the pitcher, but I used to have it. If a guy got on first base, the first thing I'd do was go to my shin guard because I wanted to have the stick on my hand because if he stole on the first pitch, I wanted to have a grip on that baseball. I love so, that. We just talked about never some even very, thought about that happening with a catcher on, on that spot. We just Makes talked sense. about some very good pitchers losing early in the, in the playoffs. That said, overall, do you consider pitching far ahead of hitting? I mean, I watched the pitching ninja. Yeah, uh, I, I mean the the nasty stuff that pitchers have right now and batting averages around the league suggest to me it's harder to hit maybe than ever. I I don't think it's. Maybe. I think it's 100%. I mean, you look at the velocities. And you shoot, we got to watch Sandy Alcantara every five days, right? He should be the Cy Young Award winner. He's throwing on his 100th pitch. He's throwing 100 miles an hour. In the eighth inning, he's throwing 100. With a 94-mile-an-hour slider and, an 80, and a 92-mile-an-hour changeup, right? The guy doesn't throw a ball in their 90. Back in the days, the average fastball was like 87-something. And so you see how guys have progressed, gotten stronger, and all this stuff. It's not easy. It, it has become much harder and when I hear people like oh it's because of the approach and they're trying the launch angle it's like no well when you played the guy that came out of the pen throwing 93 everybody was like wow this guy this guy throws hard now if you see a guy that throws 93 it's probably because he has some weird motion because everybody that I mean look at the guy for the for the um, Mariners Munoz like he's throwing 100 miles an hour 101 102 I mean we've seen how many times I mean the Grom all these guys it's pitching is far superior than hitting. What's crazy is, and we've seen this in the playoffs, is home run in the playoffs are still king. Good pitching is going to give up a ball. You know, they throw up, hit a homer. A lot of times, you think about it, decided Cleveland. I mean, you've seen, look at the Padres against the Mets. You have, that's why home runs, everyone says, like, oh, everybody wants a home run, but when, you come, when it comes into the postseason, look at the games. What's created? Shoot, the Braves almost tied up the game three-run homer. Right? You, can't, you can't do that with a base hit and a base hit and a base hit. You, you'd have to get seven hits to score three runs. Teams last year that hit two or more homers in a game in the postseason won 71% of the time. That's amazing. The Yankees lead the league in that category, what, 254, I think, on the season? And the Guardians are like 29th in the yeah. league in homers. I mean, Paul, I know you're nervous about any series yeah. here. I just don't see the Guardians beating no, the, the Yankees Guardians in too. that regard. I, I heard uh, on John Boy's podcast I listened yesterday, they're like uh, really high and soft hit ball rate, really high and medium hit ball rate, and really low and hard hit ball rate. That, so not just Yeah, but the, how they do in the, the playoffs. Power. Think about Jose yeah, Ramirez, right. game one, homer, they won, and then game two. They won with a walk-off yeah. over. In is the that, 15th inning. I mean, yeah. is that so how they – Great I mean, pitching and, and timely hitting. Is that, One timely is, hit. is that expected because of the payroll discrepancy that we're comparing these teams with? Uh, no, I don't think that it's necessarily – I think it's it's uh, assessing your your roster. I mean, they made some great trades. Rosario was phenomenal. They have Quan uh, at the top of the lineup who is a, is a table Chad's setter. Chad he's, loves him. Well, he's unbelievable. I mean, he's – you know who he – if I was a team, I would empty the truck for Brandon Nimmo from the Mets. The guy, every single time, it's 10 pitches. He grinds out at bats. Fast. He, he, he plays a gold glove defense. The guy is unbelievable, and there's not a lot of that in the game anymore. And I think that you have to understand your roster. And if, you know, the, Met, the, the Yankees are a team that they need the big ball, right? They need the ball to leave the yard. That's how they score runs. If you're the Cleveland Indians, they have great pitching. Class A is coming out of the bullpen. That dude's 
unfair. He's throwing 100 mile hour cutters. So that guy's nasty. So then how can we score a couple runs and then use the bullpen to shut it down? And that's what, you know, they have a, a contact lineup and that's what they do. And it's crazy that the team that didn't have many home runs in the season, they won their series literally on two homers. Yankees defense may be big. It, very good. JP and Sibia with us. Can you stick for one more segment, or do you need to go like pregame and hydrate for the bachelor party? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm completely good until Friday at ten okay. o'clock. Well, coming up, I wanted to dive into Judge Pujols, and then actually beneath the surface on the divisional series with all of these games, uh, despite the Braves losing, uh, JP's take on the matchup with the Phillies moving forward and uh, Dodgers. I want to know if the Dodgers feel pressure. They should. They, they should. We'll get JP's take on that for what we expect with the Dodgers, Padres, and more. That's all next on Outkick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. J.P. Aaron Sibia in studio with us as we talk Major League Baseball postseason play and more. Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network. Chad, will you update us on the scores? you have that pulled up here? Yeah, let me find it. Uh, Mariners, Astros now in the middle of the fifth. Mariners leading 6-3. to three. So the Astros chipping away a little bit. But Mariners up 6-3 to three as they go to the bottom of the fifth. You're an Houston. Astros guy? Oh. No, 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 no. I'm for the Mariners there, oh. keeping that lead. Paul fears the Astros. I've, I, so no, that's, I that's why he's totally cheering against the them. Astros. He fears them. Yeah, right? and he's close to the garbage can, so be careful. I don't care how <laughs> Yanks get there. I just want them there. So let me, but Paul, let me get That's to uh, the Dodgers on this. Do you fear the, the Dodgers? Just yes or no? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay. I, I wonder, every, everyone's thinking the, the Dodgers. Answer, the yeah, it is. <laughs> everyone's picking the Dodgers and they should win. And there's a payroll number here where it's the Dodgers and Yankees and a of couple of left. other teams. But the Dodgers are spending a boatload of money, JP, as you know. Are they feeling the pressure in LA about this? Are the. All expectations and the weight of that um, weighing them down, or do you think that they're loose and, and ready to win a World Series? Yeah, I don't think any players are like, oh, we have a high payroll, so it, it you know we have to go out there and, and make it worthy. Um, I just think that 
they have a high payroll and they have a lot of great players and that they're all competitors and they're just like, we want to win. And that's, you know what, watching the, the, the Dodgers when they played the Marlins and talking to the hitting coaches and the way they, that team has the, the right thought process. It's about winning. Uh, all those guys get paid a ton of money, but Mookie Betts, you look, you, you look at, a, at Will Smith. I mean, you go across. Freddie Freeman, obviously, we know about Freddie Freeman. They have a winning culture, um, and they showed it the way they played. They do the little things right. They, they do everything correctly when you watch them play, and it's fun to watch. It really is, and they're a great team. Again, the only thing that kind of worries me right now is we're in no man's land. The teams that have had the time to relax and watch the other teams play and the other teams stay active so far has proven to, to be uh, not a good thing for the teams that have had their, uh, their buys. Here's my thing about the Dodgers. And, and this graphic is team, only teams that are left. So the, Met, the right. Mets would be Mets up there. Are way I, up I, there think, yeah. I think right behind the Dodgers, ahead of the Yankees. Yeah. But when the Yankees don't win, every year since 2009, we've heard, oh, with that payroll, how could they not win, yada, yada. Well, the Dodgers won in the COVID year, but they haven't won outside of that. And the Dodgers never take grief from America yeah, I don't hear it for either. not winning yeah, with the bigger with that. payroll. That, as a Yankee fan, ticks me off. Because the Yankees deservedly take abuse for not winning with the massive payroll. And the Dodgers skate on it all the time. Yeah, well, you think about it, New York Yankees. Uh, I mean, that's, that's really the difference is the franchises. If you look at L.A., I mean, yes, the Dodgers are a big deal in Los Angeles, but it's not, I don't think that it's as, as big of a deal uh, as the Yankees are to Major League Baseball in general. Because if we think about it, if the Yankees are doing good, people are watching. The Dodgers, they've struggled. And, I mean, do people make a big deal about it? It's not as much previously and again i think that when you look at it the yankees are the, the the biggest show in town in new york in my perspective yes they have the rangers yes they have the jets and the giants and all that stuff but when you go to la i mean they got so many people out there they have so many implants there's a little difference of the culture of being a dodger fan or as opposed to being like a yankee fan you know that very well um, people bleed for the Yankees. I, I talked to actually the president today of Sinclair, and he was going to the Yankee game. He's a Yankee. Like when you're a Yankee fan, it's diehard, and I think that's why there's a difference of of what people expect from that team. And then you have obviously the payroll and all that stuff, but you you expect them to win every single year. So I'm assuming we go by total payroll. There's an active payroll and a total payroll at Spotrac because I just looked up the Mets. I'm assuming we're going by total payroll. If that's the case, they're bigger than the Dodgers. Yeah. 282 million. Yeah. They pay more than the Dodgers. The total payroll for wow. the Mets is 282. Yeah, they have the they have the uh Steve Cohen tax they call it, which he said he's uh, fine with. Um right? yeah, he said call the fourth tier tax after me. He doesn't care. He's going to do whatever God he needs him. to do. <laughs> which is great, but they're home. So there's more to yeah. than than to a team than just payroll. Uh and I did think the Mets uh, and, and you said it, Chad. I thought they were going to be a, a, in the World Series, possibly in the middle of the season. But the way they kind of fell off, it was kind of it was kind of tough. And again, this time of year, it's all about who's playing hot. That's just the truth. The, uh, baseball is a fun sport where Alabama football they're stronger and faster than everybody. They can beat you down eventually, and they can win the game. Baseball, you can have a guy that that has a good game pitching, and he's going to dominate, and the better team may not win. That's what's fun. JP and Sibby, our guest, you guys may think I'm crazy here, and I 
I likely am. Uh, I have a soft spot for Manny Machado as well, so I'll raise my hand and say this as I bring this up. And Paul has one for Josh Bell, who once gave him a baseball in a game. <laughs> That's how um, you get a, get a ball. I so showed. The Dodgers individually have the three best hitters in the series against the Padres. But could, could I make the argument to you, JP, that the Padres lineup, one through nine, can out-hit the Dodgers in this series? Uh, you could make the argument. I mean, I think the Dodgers is offensively, uh, they are the class of Major League Baseball uh, with driving in runs and extra base hits and all that stuff. But I do think that the Padres have a very long lineup. When you look at them going out and getting Brandon Drury, you look at, obviously, if you go around the infield, Manny Machado's a stud. Um, the Korean baseball player, I don't want to mess up his name, he's a stud. He's a superstar defender. He, he puts on great at-bats. Cronenworth, great. Grisham has been phenomenal, gold-glove defender. You Will Myers, they have Soto. a lot of guys. Well, obviously, Soto and Bell. I was getting to Soto and Bell because yeah. for, for me, those guys are the ones that take them over the top. Soto is a game changer. You watch what he did in Washington, and I know everybody forgets Josh Bell's a stud. I mean, when this guy was with the Pirates, he's putting up huge numbers. And this year, he was phenomenal with the Washington Nationals. I mean, like, big-time, big-time numbers. So you go around that, that field and, and around that, that team, and they got – Dudes that can do it. And, and I agree with you, uh, Hutt, that Machado is a guy that I got to be around when he was 18 in Miami. I got to play against him when he was in the big leagues, when he just got called up. We all know the mess and the stuff that he did. Speaking to him this year and the, the maturity, the leader that he has become is night and day. And that's why I think him and Tatis butted heads because Tatis is kind of a Machado when he first got to the league and Machado has gotten to the point where now he's a true leader and that's why that that he held him accountable but Machado has become a dude and there's nobody I believe when he when he wants to be in the limelight people say they want to be in the limelight Machado wants to have the bat in his hands and he's a guy that I think is scary uh anytime he's at the plate I I like the 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 I lock into interviews, and I can tell, at least I think I can tell, when a guy feels like he's locked in and being honest with a reporter. Josh Bell, after game one against the Mets, came off the field after a win and had a headset on for the interview, and he was like, look, spoke to my dad this morning previewing this series, and he told me I am about to have the biggest at-bats of my life in this series in New York. And then they go on and just start. I, I, I was like, I love this guy. Like he's locked in, prime, knows he's going to the plate in some big moments, and he did. He also gave Paul a baseball in yeah. Cincinnati. Yes. <laughs> We're I, just, I think, the, to your point earlier about having the time off, and I think the Padres are going to surprise some people. I don't know if they beat the Dodgers. I think they surprised some people in the series. Well, and it all comes down to their pitchers, right? Darvish was unbelievable. Musgrove, unbelievable. Snell finished off the season absolutely on fire. So can he continue to do that in the playoffs? Obviously, he wasn't as sharp in his outing in the playoffs, but that's the biggest thing. When it comes down to it, if they're starting pitching is what it was in that series, listen, always for the most part, I say always for the most part, that doesn't make much sense, but for the Call most yourself. part, yeah, I, I for, understand. for the most part though, is pitching is always better pitching, good pitching wins in the playoffs. And and if you have those guys going out there and running out and, 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 pitching the games of their life. I mean, look at Musgrove. I, I read a thing where he said, like, I'm about to have the game of my life. And he was unbelievable. Like, the dude was unhittable that night. So if they go out there with that kind of offense, you can bang around a couple runs, 
Then it comes down to I mean, Hader came in and he was 99 to 100 with a slider, and it was like he looked like the Hader of old for the Milwaukee Brewers, rest in peace, because they fell off the map for the Central, right? So, you know, you see what they're doing over there. They can go, and I love the West Coast. I love that they can they can create a little bit of uh, friction out there. Same. Um, the, the home run races this season, how much fun was it to follow Judge? And give us your take on, on Pujols and hitting 703. Well, that was, for me, that was the most fun thing to see because uh, uh, competing against Pujols, uh, knowing what he's done, he's the machine. He, he arguably is one of the best right-handed hitters of all time. And you were like, man, is he going to reach 700? Does he play the next season to get to 700? And then all of a sudden he takes off and you're like, there's some magic going on with this team. And you saw with Yachty, you saw with Rain, Wainwright, all those guys kind of their last little dance. And it was, it was fun to watch him, you know, achieve that because, you know, I think that he's gone about it the right way. Um, we'll never, we never know how anybody is, but from my interactions with him, he's a stand-up human being. He works his tail off and it's been fun to watch him do that. With Aaron Judge, I mean, obviously, he's a guy that I missed on. You know, I, I, when I played against him in AAA at the end of my career, was coming through and I was like, man, he, I don't think he's going to hit. And boy, was I wrong. Um, but you see this, and then you see all the, oh, what's the real home run record and this and that. Well, listen, the dude, at the end of the day, he, he, he hit the most home runs in this time period with what, he was, what they're allowed to do. Guys before did what they were doing. He, is he the cleanest guy to hit the, the, ever to hit the home runs? Who knows? Uh, probably. Because even when you go back and you go back in time, and I used to ask all the old-timers, I mean, there was this guy, Mel Queen, with the, the Cincinnati Reds. Old-school guy wore the same long johns, it felt like he didn't even, <laughs> since he was playing. And he used to, say, he used to tell me, like, you guys, you guys think that we didn't mess with stuff in the 50s, in the 40s? You know, so at, at that being said, it's like, is Judge the cleanest to ever do it? Probably, but... I, I still think that you can't take away what history was going on. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, it was fun. It was fun yeah. this year, Did, right? That's yeah, all, was, I mean, that, that's my reaction to it. I, I enjoyed watching the the chase. A hundred percent. Did you enjoy uh, Apple TV and streaming <laughs> services being involved with Major League Baseball this year? No, it, it takes away from it. You think it is bad. I, honestly, and I hate to say that, and uh, I, I know that they're trying to create this this new way to watch a game or whatever, even the people that are involved that I've talked to that have been involved in that said they thought it was not good. They're getting paid by Apple. But it was it, it just not – when you watch baseball, I think that people forget that baseball is, is a game that th the fans watch and they enjoy it in a certain way. And when you try to do this new age, we're going to try to be the Peyton Manning brothers and, and, and watch it in this way. It doesn't work for baseball like it does for football, I, I believed. And I, I really thought that it wasn't uh, good for the game. Even the graphics were weird. I, I did a game um, when I was doing the radio, and, and Apple TV had it. And, and I mean, I just, I just think that sometimes they miss the ball in what actually fans – what are baseball fans? It, it, baseball fans are different than basketball and, and football you can't do that with baseball. I, that's, I, I just didn't think it was that great. So if we scratch the top four here, um, Dodgers, Yankees, Braves, Astros, and somebody's winning it out of the, the remaining pool, who do you have? 
Ooh, you know, it's it's scary. I would have told you that I thought it was going to be, again, the Braves in, in Houston because Houston's the best team in the American League, I, I believe, and the Braves were the best team that I saw collectively. I love what Anthopolis did to that bullpen when you get Rysel Iglesias, another closer. They had Kirby Yates, who was another closer, and obviously Kenley Jansen. I thought that their offense was unbelievable. And so I, I really thought that – I, I still think I'd say that it's going to be – the Braves, and maybe the the Astros. But, man, Seattle's starting to scare me. There's something going on in the Northwest um, that they're, I mean, they're just doing it. And they have such good arms. With Luis Castillo, it really scares me when you have Castillo, uh, Robbie Ray, Gilbert, and those guys can go out there. And then their bullpen has been so good that if somebody doesn't have it that day, like I said, he goes three, he gives up four. And you're like, all right, he's out of the game. I still feel like I have a chance to win this game if we can knock little by little kind of chip away. And then with that bullpen, that's what it creates. It, it allows you to kind of shorten those, those games and, and uh, win games that you probably shouldn't if you had to ride out, the, ride out that starter. So we'll see. I think that they're my, my dark horse in the race is the, is the Mariners. There's a lot of, lot of magic going on in the Northwest. It's unlikely that Castillo is going to be able to pitch twice for them in the series, right? Because of the last series. Uh, I know. I it would be unlikely, but I mean, you get to game five. That's and, why I'm hesitant. Anything is. I know. Yeah, I I agree. That's they, why I'm hesitant. Though, they make the they make some good anti-inflammatories. I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Your arm. I've seen guys not lift up their arm and hey. and, and uh, have some inflammatory anti-inflammatories, and they here, they here, can throw the ball. Here's the thing on Pujols. Last last thing. I, I wish they would just tell us. He would just tell us how old he really is. Yeah, because that would add to the intrigue of him yeah. hitting what he hit. To me, Ooh, he he. I mean, what a crazy season for him. I mean, and he and it looked good. Like he started, from what I heard, he started like really training hard again and and really like pushing himself how he used to. Because I think he you know he was beat up for a long time. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of like Ruben Sierra, right? Ruben Sierra was a guy that did it till he was like fifty. Um, regardless. It was fun to watch, man. I thought, and the good thing I think about what happened with baseball this year is there was teams that were supposed to make it, made it. Uh, like, there wasn't no San Francisco Giants that won 106 games, and where did they come out of? Like, you look at paper and you're like, man, the teams that should have won, won. And so I think that's good for baseball when you have those teams in the playoffs because then it creates a dilemma. Like, you're asking, hey, who, who can win it? And it's like, dang, honestly, all, all the teams we thought were going to be here are here. That's good. So yeah. it's tough to pick. Did the Giants or the Mets or some kind of wild card come after Judge in a way that the Yankees do something stupid? <laughs> I don't know. That's going to be tough. If I, I don't know if the Giants can. Uh, I don't think the Giants – and I don't know if you'd want to go to, to San Fran. It's a little different hitting in, in Oracle than it is in Yankee Stadium. Um, but – uh, what I just love at the end of the day is that he bet on himself, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, I, I think I'm gonna." <laughs> it's 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 it takes a lot of fortitude to go. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna pass up this because I know that I'm gonna have a great year. Um, but then he's not a spring chicken, and when you look at these contracts, he's a scary contract for me only because listen, the guy's a stud and he deserves it. But when you look, how many of these contracts that these guys sign in their 30s for seven years? Eight years, and then you're eating the back half. You got to front load. I, I, they got to find a way to front load. Take the tax abuse front the front end, but you can't be paying him 
fifty million dollars a year seven years from now. No, but that's and that's the problem. And then because you're gonna you you can't dump him, right? You're gonna have to swallow. His, you're gonna have to eat his contract. And if you look at a lot of the long term deals, and that's why I think Alex is so smart. Alex signs these guys these long term deals at at twenty one, twenty two, so he's got them through their prime. Um, when you sign a guy later like that, and you've just seen the history of how it works, guys fall off towards the end of their career, and then you're stuck with a contract that you really can't let go. They end up releasing the guy, and another team is paying the minimum, and you're stuck on your you know he's on your books. We're headed to Knoxville. You're headed to the bachelor party, so um, yeah. Have fun. Enjoy well, you it. guys enjoy it. Yeah. You, you guys, uh, I'll be following. So make sure a lot of content. Everybody get to work. A lot of content out there. Um, you heard them, people. Of, hey, get to work. Tons of content. Hey, but Tennessee, we're back. <laughs> it feels like it, it. does. It it, it, it certainly it feels does. Like it. Uh, JP and CB has been our guest. Always great to have you in, man. Thank you for the time Thanks. on the day off uh, before you head off to. I don't want to say where you're going, and then um, ah, I'm going to go to Kiowa. Okay, I'm gonna there we go. it's all right. It's going to the same deal. place my mom's at right yeah, now. Listen, my mom and dad are there. They're yeah. going to hang out. If you want to come and find me, just give me some Pro V ones. I'm good. <laughs> Hit them straight, man. <laughs> well, that's going to be <laughs> a different story. Good to see you. Good luck. Good to see you guys. JP Aaron Sibio, uh, always great with the analysis and takes on uh, MLB. When we come back, we'll update you on the scoreboard, get you ready for the news and notes as we head into tonight as well on Outkick 360. Big thanks to all our guests today, Chris Johnson, CJ2K, John McClain, and JP Aaron Sibia. If you missed any of those, you can go back on the podcast wherever you download your audio. Just search out Outkick360. Amazing tweet from Keith Bullock. Um, Mike Herndon asked <laughs> Just this question. Just hearing Keith's name makes me laugh. He uh, retweeted uh, another uh, reporter and asked this question. Has any quarterback ever been publicly trashed by his own team more than Carson Wentz? Keith Bullock retweets and says, Vince Young. <laughs> That's an amazing response. Trashed by his own team. Man. That's good. I, I don't know that Keith is accurate. Uh, he, he, uh, Vince is in the conversation. Yeah. But, but I, I, and I think Vince times have changed. More t- yeah. the, the media, uh, social media has opened it up a lot more. No doubt. Vince was not in the age of all-out Twitter. Speaking of social media. But um, Vince is on the list. I was watching uh, – College game day on, on Saturday, which will be in Knoxville, I know, this coming weekend. God, McAfee makes it even better. Pat McAfee is so good. I, I feel like he is – I've always thought this about him. He is one of the most talented people in all of media of any kind. He, is, he brings so much energy and life to that set. Bob Kravitz but did had, a good piece he had on a him great, at the uh, Athletic. Well, he had a great uh, take on um, – they, they were asking me – they had this discussion about Paul Christ being out at Wisconsin, all these guys being fired quickly. And he said, this is going to sound weird coming from me. But he said, I think social media is a big problem. And he said, social media is the problem with these coaches because if something happens, everyone rushes to social media to go to that AD or that team's account, and it's, when are you going to do something? When are you going to do something? How are you going to get rid of this guy? What are you going to do? And it's almost like the AD and the, everybody reads into it and says, 
We have to act. We can't, we can't look complacent. The last thing they won't ever look like is that they're complacent by not saying something immediately when for years you could just kind of go into your hole somewhere and not worry about it and just put your head down to work and see what happens at the end of the year. And that's no longer the Whereas case. I the, thought it was an interesting yeah. argument. And you do need to be kind of, uh, it's not complacent. Because it's not the biggest share of the uh, of the fan base, A, and B, you're reacting to people who used to say the same things. They just uh, they didn't have an app to say it on. Well, it's it's good to put it, blinders on, but not be blind. Right. So I would put That's the social media said. blinders up if I'm an athletic department and things are going south. And the, there's a lot to be said for people that are good at their jobs that take a deep breath and assess everything, and you don't just rush to, boy, social media is mad about this, so I better do I something right These now. are the same people that were represented in smaller numbers by the crazy phone caller on Sports Talk. Yeah. And most ADs listened to that guy and said, I, this is exactly the kind of guy I can't react to. And now it's gone the other way, and you are reacting to a larger collection of that same crazy guy. Well, and Hutton, you always say, you know, perception is reality. Yeah. The problem with a lot of this is... Social media matters. It matters to it's recruits. It matters to a lot of people. So they do sit back and think, we can't just go Enjoy silent us. if people are dogging us. There's a group of Auburn fans that are trying to start their own social media accounts, like their own social media service, because they feel like they're being disparaged so much on social media, they can't get a hold of their program anymore, that it's so toxic, what people <laughs> say about Auburn. I mean, it's that's crazy, crazy, crazy times. Um, Paul, if Garrett Cole gives up a two or three run homer tonight or a couple of homers, um, that's all we're going to remember him for, right? Well, look, there's, there are different to, contexts to team, here. I'm if saying. the Yankees come out and score two or three runs themselves and, and he's given up a three-run homer that ties it or he's given up a three-run homer that cuts their lead to 4-3, I'll be all right. We'll all be all right. If it's 0-0 and he gives up a three-run homer in the fourth, yeah, yeah that's all I'm remembering him for. Yeah, it, it's a big moment for him, I think. Yeah, yeah. and look, he, he, you know, they were in a one-game playoff against the Red Sox last year. He did not deliver like an ace. And we're they in the midst slow. of a bunch of aces not delivering yeah. like an ace. He's got last, he gets and, the ball last tonight. And this is he not, needs to deliver like an ace. It's not against a power a, lineup. Yes, against a lineup that is not, uh, you know, I, the 27 Yanks. I think he, I think we see good Garrett Cole. I like and it's it. mainly a, for the lineup he's facing and not the homers he always allows. I would bet the Yankees on that at outkick.com slash bet. These first Tomorrow, games are big. In a Bobby Carpenter and much more. Hope you'll join us for Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network. Look right there. Do as the sign says. Don't block the box, but kindly lock your locks. See ya!